0: so excited today. We're going to do an old-fashioned ghost story. Yeah. (laughs) Boo. Woo. Scared. Scary. So scared. So scary. I'm excited today to go first and talk about my experience working and living in a couple little towns in Colorado that are infested with ghosts.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm so excited to hear about (laughs) your scary stories.
0: Thank you, Holly. So the first town, Cripple Creek, was formerly a mining town known for its rich gold and turquoise mines discovered Mm. in those surrounding hills. I love turquoise. I do too. It's beautiful. Beautiful. -hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Around 1891 is when it boomed in the population. And uh, it was said, this is a rumor, uh, that Cripple Creek was a contender for being the capital of Colorado versus Denver. Really? Really? Yeah, I was told, like, they lost by two votes. I don't know if that's true, but huh. a lot of things I'm told things, and then I find out later it's not true. It's a big disappointment. No, but well, I'm sorry. I like it. I think yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Could be. Okay. Um, located in the mountains about an hour drive from Colorado Springs, it was a great place to get away for a few days. Mm. They have um, cute little antique shops, historic hotels, and... It's a great place to go and look at all the aspen groves, but yeah, mm. especially in the fall. It's just this beautiful range of gorgeous autumn flowers.
1: Is it still there? Or I'm is sorry,
0: it... autumn leaves,
1: autumn leaves. <laughs> is it it's still there or is it a ghost town now? It's
0: still there. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was also known for its fun nightlife, too, oh. with a lot of bars. Uh-huh. A famous national melodrama. Well, I don't know if it was national, but everybody knew about it. A famous melodrama show at the Imperial Hotel, and they also had a cabaret dinner theater show as well no. at the Palace Hotel. Nice. So the town became a prime spot in 1992 for limited-stakes gambling and many new casinos and restorations began expanding the historic downtown area and drawing in busloads of tourists from the bigger
1: cities. All right, cool.
0: One summer in the early 90s, I was offered a job at the Palace Hotel performing dinner theater in their cabaret show.
1: <laughs> cool. What were you? What part were you? It's cabaret. So there's no part? I don't know anything it's, about cabaret. It's,
0: oh, cabaret is like a series of short skits and kind of... It's adult in nature, so it's not a children's show. You do the can-can, you sing, you dance, you do little skits. Oh, okay. And they're comedy. It's comedy. Okay. So you play a variety of roles. Mm. I also work during the day waiting tables for breakfast or lunch and playing ragtime piano and other old classics in the lounge. Oh, fun. Yeah, it was a good time. The owners had booked apartments in the town for most of the cast members to live during the summer, but accommodations were so few that my roommate and I had to stay in the small town of Victor the next town over, which was about a 20 minute drive away. Okay. Our apartment was on the second floor of an old building called the Monarch, which was situated over an art gallery slash antique museum on the first floor. Okay. Across the street was the best little convenience store where we would order handmade malt chocolate milkshakes. Oh,
1: wow. I thought you were going to say the best little whorehouse <laughs> <Yeah>. in Colorado. <laughs> That's where I thought that was heading. It
0: probably it probably was a whorehouse at one time. <laughs> it was said that Victor had all the gold and Creek got all the fame, but even today, Victor still has a working gold mine. At one time, Victor had a population of eighteen thousand people, boasting forty-eight salons. Oh my! Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Look,
1: that's a lot of hairdressers. That's a
0: lot of hair hairspray. Rapunzel would be proud. (laughs) No, at one time, Victor had a population of eighteen thousand boasting 48 saloons. Ah, saloons makes more sense. And Cripple Creek at its boom around 50,000 people. Okay. So, quite a, quite a lot of people back in the day. Yeah, I guess so. Both towns had terrible fires which wiped out most of the original structures, but because of the vast wealth in the area, they were able to rebuild the entire towns within just a couple of months. Okay. This time with brick.
1: No, oh, okay,
0: no more fires. Yeah, smart. From the moment I arrived, we were greeted with many ghost stories from the locals. At the time, the two towns were mere shadows of its former self, with less than 1,500 people combined.
1: Well, That's not very many.
0: Mm-mm. After the fires, the Monarch Building was rebuilt and was known as the finest gentlemen's club this side of the Mississippi. From the first night we slept there, my roommate and I questioned the history of the place. We could often hear furniture moving around below us in the middle of the night, and sometimes it seemed the curtains would be moving without any sign of a draft. Then there was the creaking noise of someone walking up the stairs and stopping right outside our door. Oh, that's creepy. I don't like that. It was so unsettling. As we came home and walked up the flight of stairs to our apartment, it felt like someone was always following close behind us, and we would hurry to get our apartment door unlocked but no matter how we quickly turned around or opened our door to peek outside there was never a soul around Hmm. i also had a habit of taking an afternoon nap before our show and could swear i heard a train whistle in the distance which would regularly wake me up out of a deep sleep when i would speak to the locals they spoke of our experience as common and the owner of the downstairs shop didn't really know if it was paranormal but said that her displays would be changed quite a bit, and from time to time, the artwork would be found hanging crooked huh. on the walls. So, yeah. you know, something was changing things uh, yeah. when she was gone. Yeah. The whole town seemed haunted, and all the young people and many old timers and Victor agreed. In the winter, bodies would be stored on the fourth floor of the Victor Hotel until the ground could thaw for burial.
1: Jeez. Is that morbid or yeah, what? Yeah, of course it's haunted. <laughs> yes.
0: It was said the area was filled with lawlessness back in the gold rush days. That's and, what makes it cool. I know. And many died in mining accidents and general tomfoolery. It, well, with that many saloons, that's unavoidable. It was said in the past, a homicide took place there every single day. Yeah, like Tombstone was like that too. It Tombstone was rough.
1: Arizona, yeah.
0: Yeah. The ghost train I heard was also confirmed by many other townsfolk, who claimed it is a sound that is sometimes heard by visitors, even though the train was no longer running through the town. Mm, cool. The apartment was otherwise spacious and comfortable. Having a roommate did help ease any of the eerie feelings we had. But just a few short weeks into the summer, and my roommate announced she was quitting the show over some personal issues and returning to her home, back in New York. This left me living there all alone, and the activity started to ramp
1: up. Because you were alone, that could get you. In. I know. <laughs>
0: Or maybe it was my imagination ramping up. Your
1: protector is gone.
0: (laughs) I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Personal items of mine would go missing only to turn up in the previous spot I looked and I was always tired. Mm. I was so drained. Wow. Needing naps almost daily. The show usually ended around 1030 at night and that meant most nights I'd be making the long drive home to the town of Victor when it was pitch dark. The road was treacherous, narrow, and windy, with steep drop-offs that would be fatal with one careless turn. The owners of the hotel would insist on me spending the night if they had an available room on evenings when the fog was thick or the roads slick with rain. Most of the time, I politely declined, making my way back over the canyon, driving slow and gripping the wheel while saying my prayers (laughs) to stay awake. Whoa. Now, this was fun. An urban legend was told to me of a young lady who took a curve too fast on the road to Victor. It was a cold and rainy night, and after her car went over the edge, she managed to escape the accident injured but still alive. It was said she spent a good hour trying to make it back to the road to wave down help, as she was bleeding and needed a hospital. However, at the same spot, another car also lost control, trying to stop for the injured lady. Ended up killing her instead. Oh, God. Travelers on a rainy night will report seeing the woman waving for help, bleeding from her forehead as she stands in the middle of the road. Mm. Of course, she vanishes right as you're almost upon her. Of course she does. And while I didn't believe this bullshit story... I knew there had been many fatal accidents on that road, and it was not a comforting thought as I was driving. Yeah. One night, I woke up annoyed, thinking I heard laughing and a huge party going on downstairs. I peeked out my window and could see nothing that indicated a gathering of people, and the noise just fell silent as I pulled the curtain back.
1: Oh, that's interesting. <laughs>
0: Assuming I was just dreaming. I went back to sleep, but this time I woke up again to someone shaking the doorknob to the apartment and trying to get in. It seemed like a key was trying to be inserted, but the person had a really hard time making it work. So it was just this scratching, desperate sound. And I held my breath in fear, just hoping the door lock would hold. Yeah, no kidding. The next day I told everyone what had happened. One of my co-workers at the hotel said he was concerned for my safety. He had heard of some troublemakers in town who were harassing the girls from the cast at the Imperial Hotel. The next night he followed me home and said he would spend the night inside the stairwell to confront any stalker who might try and break into my apartment. The next morning I opened the door there was no sign of him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I bet
0: it's like thanks, guy. <laughs> when I caught up with him at the hotel, he said that he couldn't spend the entire night there. Uh huh. And wouldn't elaborate. Okay, so, what is what is your thoughts, Holly? He was
1: thinking, oh, I'll I'll say I'll protect you, and then she's going to invite me in, and then I'm going to stay the night. <laughs> but she didn't, so I didn't. No, to I stay didn't. Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe,
0: maybe he had a mm-hmm. girlfriend though at the time. Uh, so doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> so when i caught up with him at the hotel he said that he couldn't spend the entire night there and wouldn't elaborate on what happened but he just said he got the creeps and even a gun wouldn't help him stay there any longer wow
1: well he could have at least knocked on the door and said we're both getting out of here this place is fucked yeah up. at
0: least he could have
1: done that he could have but he's like no screw her yeah. she
0: didn't invite me in. so i'm I out know. of here It's like, what's (laughs) up with this girl making me sleep in the stairwell? Right. So yeah, so there was that incident. We, you know, that freaky thing happened. One day I was asked if my roommate had returned because the shop manager next door to where I lived saw a lady with dark hair moving past a window in my apartment. <laughs> well, you might think that was me, right? I have dark hair. Yeah. But at the time, I had dyed my hair red. So oh. it wasn't me she was seeing. Mm. I was kind of freaked mm. out because I knew for a fact my roommate had not returned. But I did wonder if perhaps maybe I got a new ra- new roommate, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I asked my employer who said, no, they weren't planning on hiring anyone else. And they just thought the shop owner was playing a joke on me because the apartment keys were always updated for each new tenant and blah, blah, blah. No one would have access, right? Okay. uh Uh-huh. Well, other people have reported seeing and hearing people walking through rooms in that building with their heels making a clicking noise on the floor, Uh and sounds of laughter and glasses clinking. Oh,
1: so lots of partying going on in the afterlife. Yes, a lot.
0: Mm -hmm. Several of the locals also claim there was a miner who died on the stairs during a gunfight. Perhaps his ghost is still lingering there. It is thought that Nikola Tesla, or Nikola Tesla, Mm -hmm. the famous eccentric inventor who experimented with magnetic and electrical properties, wired many of these buildings in Cripple Creek and Victor.
1: Now it's coming full circle. Yes. So they are connected to the afterlife. Yeah, they are. Or another dimension. He's using their ether right now. Absolutely, yep. He's figured something out because that guy was really smart. He was super crazy. Loved it.
0: Yeah. yeah. He didn't get
1: the credit he deserved. No. No.
0: Yeah, so it said that he, um, you know, wired all the buildings in Cripple Creek and Victor with electricity, including the Monarch, where I stayed. Okay. The Palace Hotel now in Cripple Creek was opened in 1891. That's where I worked. The hotel had several different owners. Eventually, it was bought by Bob and Martha Lay's in 1976. The owner's sons, Bob and Rick, were also part of the show and ran many of the operations of the hotel. The hotel was featured on the History Channel because of all the paranormal activity. Sweet. We we were told to expect ghostly encounters with their famous resident, ghost Catherine Chambers, affectionately nicknamed Kitty. (laughs) Meow. Yes. It was assumed that the ghost was the wife of Dr. Chambers, who owned the hotel in 1901. It was believed that Miss Chambers became ill and eventually died in the hotel. People have seen her standing in the window of her former bedroom, room number three, and they've also seen her walking down the upstairs hall wearing a white gown with her long brown hair tossed over one shoulder. Why are they always wearing a white gown? I think that just was the attire back then. They always wore white? Yeah, their nightgowns were white. Oh, okay. The ghost also had a tendency to hide all the keys for room number nine. Not sure the significance of that room, but um, we were always trying to find... Room number nine's keys. They were always huh. gone. The bartender, Monty, also had some great stories saying he would find candles relit on the tables when he would snuff them out in the evenings. Oh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah, some guests would also find when they returned to their room at night, the covers already turned down for them.
1: Right. Oh. So that's... the
0: ghost was doing a hospitality Maybe service. Maybe it was a
1: housekeeping ghost. Like there was a housekeeper that died there and it's still working. Didn't Maybe. did it passed away yeah maybe it's lighting up candles it's turning down sounds like it doesn't it yeah it
0: does one story Bob told when he was interviewed for the History Channel was that he was shampooing the carpets one day heard a loud crash from the lobby or theater area of the hotel and when he turned off the machine to investigate he saw this lady ghost wearing a white nightgown with ruffles on the sleeves and neck walking through the lobby area with her long brown hair making her way to the stairs and then just vanishing right before his eyes However, there's been no proof this ghost is the former owner's wife because later ghost researchers say they found that Catherine Chambers died in California in 1975. Not in the hotel like everyone thought. The plot thickens. But we know ghosts can haunt the places they're most connected to. It doesn't necessarily have to be where they died. And that, you know, that's why we see so many hitchhiking ghosts wearing white nightgowns.
1: And they're trying to hitch a ride. They also say that's why a lot of cemeteries aren't necessarily haunted because the dead don't care where their bodies are. They want to be where they were the happiest or the most tormented or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, where that's they're where connected they're going to. to be. Yeah,
0: where they have a yeah. sense of purpose. They're right? not that
1: connected to their dead decaying body as much as the house they grew up in or whatever it is.
0: That's so true. Yeah, I never had any sightings of any ghosts at the Palace Hotel, but there were a couple of strange incidents when I worked there. The first was one time we were coming in to do our side work before the show, and when I arrived, everyone was really distraught glaring at each other and me. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, I thought they were just mad at me for for being late because I was late quite a bit. Um, I'd kind of oversleep my nap and then I'd be rushing to get there. Yeah. Everyone was standing around accusing each other of taking the silverware we needed for setting up dinner in the dining room. Oh, really? <laughs> and we had this elaborate way of folding the napkins and polishing the silverware. So it took quite a bit of time to set up. And we were worried that the show might have to be postponed or canceled if we couldn't find the silverware soon. So we were all in a panic. Yeah, I bet. That would be stressful. Yeah, one of the workers said he'd already started folding the napkins and had seen the silverware earlier in the day laid out on the top of the bar. The bartender also confirmed that he had done this. And everyone swore they didn't see anyone coming into the dining area. Finally, with everyone searching the hotel frantically... Someone came up with the silverware in a back storage room that we only use for our stage props. Oh, weird. So it's a really strange place to put silverware.
1: Yeah. You don't think somebody was trying to like make it, thought it was props for the performance?
0: For the, I don't know. That much silverware? Yeah. I mean, maybe. Uh, if Maybe. I don't think How so. How did they
1: find it back there? Who found
0: it? Everyone was searching everything. Hmm. I can't remember who exactly found it, but Hmm. everyone was searching that entire hotel for this. We had everyone on it. Wow. And uh, we were just shocked how it ended up there, but we were also really relieved. I bet. (laughs) And the bartender seemed to wonder if it was Kitty that did that, like if she wanted us to cancel the show for some reason. (laughs) The whole thing was so bizarre. And there was going to be a storm rolling in that evening. God, it's perfect. So maybe she was really worried about guests and she just didn't want yeah. like anybody there. Set up per- a
1: there. downfall of something.
0: I know. And nobody ever fessed up to hiding the silverware as a joke. Because we all thought, oh, you know, somebody's going to end up confessing.
1: No, because and... they'd probably get fired. <laughs> yeah. though they would.
0: They would. Now, another strange incident happened. Uh, this happened when I was playing the piano in the main dining hall. I would usually take requests from guests and, you know, play a variety of songs for, you know, several hours. But whenever I sat down to play my piano book, which by the way, I always would leave it closed when I didn't use it. It was open to the same song every time. Huh. And this song was called, Oh, You Beautiful Doll.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: It's kind of one of those really old songs. Josh can play a little bit of it, um, maybe as background here, wouldn't you, Josh? Yeah. (laughs) So, one afternoon in the late summer, someone calls out behind me to play Oh You Beautiful Doll. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit, I hate that song. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Without even turning around, I started to play it, and when I was done, I looked around to see if I could tell who requested it, but nobody was paying any attention to me. And I didn't get a tip in my jar either. (laughs) So... Maybe it was a ghost that requested it. Maybe. Or or maybe I just sucked. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but after I commented on this, you know, happening all the time, you know, my music being turned open to this page, mm-hmm. um, one of the hotel workers told me a story of a blind piano player who died falling down the stairs. Oh, wow. I thought that was really cool. So perhaps it's him and he was obsessed with the song. Maybe he um, wanted
1: to hear you play it.
0: Yeah, I'll never oh. know. Yeah, It was said that even when the dining area was later turned into a gambling hall, candles would continue to light themselves. Many ghost hunters have come to investigate over the years, and some have captured some evidence that lends credibility to the hauntings. For many years, the Palace Hotel stood empty, in need of many repairs. And I'm not sure if the hotel is still operating as a casino, because some places didn't survive the competition of bigger venues that were later developed. I also read somewhere that part of the hotel was torn down to make room for a parking lot, Hmm. which is a shame because it's a historic building.
1: Yeah, that's too bad.
0: Now, the Imperial Hotel up the street, would often have parties in their Red Rooster Lounge, and oh. we would hike up the street to have some fun with the cast members at, you know, at their place because our shows would get done at about the same time. Yeah. Well, the subject of ghosts came up one night. Cool. And as we were sitting around drinking, one of the ladies who was in the melodrama said, It's a problem. The Imperial Hotel has a lot of paranormal activity. Oh, really? Yes. She said that they had an entity there who regularly pinches them and evades their personal space while they're on stage. Could you imagine that? That would be kind of awkward. (laughs) Like you get goosed while (laughs) you're trying to like do the melodrama. Tap dancing all of a sudden you're like, what is that? (laughs) Yeah. And the other ladies, you know, were agreeing. And um, and they said that they could also feel cold breath on the back of their necks. Oh. Sometimes there were moments when they were maneuvering around that their skirts felt like they were tugged or caught on something briefly. Yeah. Then they all started to talk about the red. Rooster and how it used to be the owner's office way back in the day when in 1929 it belonged to George and Ursula Long. Um it was said that George married his first cousin. Oh gosh. And yes, and they had a little girl who was not quite normal.
1: Well, that's probably right. (laughs) That's what happens when you marry your first cousin.
0: It was told that she had terrible fits of anger also, so they locked her up in the office during the day and wouldn't let her out. One afternoon, she was able to get out, and it is thought she hit her dad over the head, killing him with a frying pan. Oh, wow. That's brutal. That's
1: pretty uh, intense. That's... Very strong of Yes, her.
0: very strong-willed child. Bam, yeah. The terrible twos, or I don't know how old she was. <laughs> but late at night, when the bar is closed, they said they could hear strange shuffling noises, and like a noise coming from inside, oh. like a little kid or yeah. something. Creepy. Yeah, super creepy. I was just really glad I was at the hotel with Kitty, the klepto and pyromaniac,
1: <laughs> and not the, you know,
0: pinching the, heavy breathing the, ghosts. and the angry, the,
1: Yeah, the angry uh, child with the the crazy the murder, murder
0: kid ghost, yes. Now, if I ever go back to visit, I'm definitely gonna have to stay at the newly renovated Monarch building which was purchased by Adam Zimmerly and turned into a gothic hotel. Yeah. Featuring rooms of famous serial killers. Yes. Awesome for that place. That's a great idea. That's yeah. in uh, Cripple Creek, or that's where? That's in Victor. That's in Victor? my old apartment where I really? stayed. Really? Yes. Oh, right on. Now, the owner has painted everything black, of all course. the wood trim, all the walls, and renamed the building The Black Monarch. Huh.
1: <laughs> that's cool
0: <laughs> totally fits it the hotel opened in 2019 and has a Dracula themed room Ooh. a Lizzie Borden room nice Elizabeth Bathory
1: nice Jack
0: the Ripper yep H.H.
1: H. Holmes boy he didn't leave anybody out
0: no there is even a Nikola Tesla room which is not a serial killer but he had to dedicate that to the famous inventor now the first floor has a display of taxidermy
1: Oh, oddities right and occult decor <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know how i like bad yeah. taxonomy. okay i gotta tell the story so i'm on instagram right i do the marketing for instagram and yeah. uh one day i get this message from someone going hey you gotta save that one for christmas and it's like a stuffed goose or something it's, it's like grouse a grouse a, yeah a it's a grouse. grouse which is a bird yeah and i'm like okay this guy's into like some weird taxidermy (laughs) crap. And I'm like, I I don't think he's got the wrong account. So I reach out to Holly. I'm like, Holly, (laughs) who is this weird person talking to us?
1: She's like, have you been communicating to somebody about taxidermy on our Instagram account? And I'm like, oh, that's I didn't switch my account to my normal account. I was on the Fireside Phantoms one and I sent this guy a direct message with a picture of my boyfriend's grouse that looks like bad taxidermy because it's pre- it's pretty it's, funny. It's pretty funny, and so I sent it to him to post on his Instagram. But we posed the grouse with a Christmas wreath. Yeah, and so he responded by saying, "I love him. I'm gonna save him for Christmas." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that ended up in um, Carol's um, my feed, for a little bit. my feed, and yeah. I was like, "This is weird. Who is funny? this?" But you guys should check out bad tuxi- taxidermy on. Instagram yeah they're pretty funny I did check them out yeah, they're
0: great uh, especially the one that I can't tell if it was a dog or a bear but... I think
1: that's why it's bad Yep, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know you don't even know what that was when it was alive
0: yeah so with the display of taxidermy oddities you would be right at home, uh, You're right. I
1: would. And, let's um, let's book our trip right now. I'd love to go to that place. It's,
0: it's totally awesome. They even have like a gift shop serving coffee. So if you're a coffee person, oh, cool. which we all
1: are in the Northwest, not deadly tea, like some deadly tea or something.
0: I know. You would. You think they
1: could yeah. do some like
0: absinthe,
1: yeah. maybe or something like that. Yeah, I would think so. We
0: we could do some recommendations, especially if for he the has, place. like a Lizzie
1: Borden room because she initially yeah. was trying to poison her parents to death I think so <laughs> yeah Lizzie Borden tea Lizzie you, you'll you be sick to your stomach yeah. When you yeah they give
0: you your final meal <laughs> your last day there <laughs> yeah, and it's the meal
1: that like they
0: usually use to kill you that's awesome would well, that be great that'd be so great um We've you got should so see, many ideas. You should
1: see if you can get a job there. And I know. Maybe you can be like one of the character actors that you're Lizzie for a day <laughs> and then tomorrow you're going to be some other psychopath. Which, that would be so much fun. That would be a so great. So great. To be young again. It's like a Disneyland for horror or something.
0: That's. I can't believe you said that because there's a website where it says it's a, it's a Disneyland for horror. Really? Yeah. That's the ah, exact phrase. minds think alike. It's a great fr- It's a phrase they used in this article I read. So. That's cool. Um. I'm very eager to go and mr zimmerly has also purchased other historic buildings in victor and is eager to add a murder museum oh too so maybe it's already up and is running he
1: single i mean <laughs> i think he sounds sexy hot he's turning that whole town into like the I occult or something it. well
0: it. it is so terribly haunted i mean what else are you going to do with the town right, right. i mean yeah. you have to
1: Let's celebrate the ghosts right awesome and um victor colorado you say
0: it is. So it's a great place for ghost hunting. Lots to do there. Lots to enjoy. Um, and I'll attach the link in the credits if you want to check out this I great do. haunted hotel, my former apartment. It is now painted all black and looks even more terrifying. I'm going to stay there
1: someday. I'm pulling up the website right now. For it Victor, is Colorado. So
0: good. So good.
1: Yeah. That does look like an old mining town for sure. Very wow, scary. Very creepy. Great place to honeymoon or take the kids. It's great. Well, um, my story is not someplace I've been before, um, but I do have a personal tie-in to it, which I'll let you know. But I, I am doing the fainting goat island inn of nichols new york (laughs) that's quite the name fainting goats i know i know there's a story behind that one the goats are definitely a tie to my childhood um but i will (laughs) we'll talk about that soon but the good news for everyone out there is that there is a show on the travel channel called the hotel paranormal Mm-hmm. So it covers all these haunted hotels and that's kind of how I discovered the fainting goat island End. and I was like well my god this is great I'm gonna have to do this and Dan Aykroyd is the host
0: oh that's even which is better
1: wonderful because he was coursing Ghostbusters and wrote mm-hmm. Ghostbusters and he's a big proponent for paranormal like he's yeah, totally he a totally believer so I like him a lot and usually when I watch shows like these types of shows I always assume it's Bill Shatner. Who's narrating? Because <laughs> usually it is. And whenever you see Bill Shatner actually on camera in one of those types of documentary shows, it's just so much fun. He totally gets it. He hams it up. yeah he, he totally has that kind of silly sense of humor. He's just kind of got a thing that works for him, and he he is just he is embodying being Bill Shatner to the nth degree. And it's so much fun to watch it. So yes, I, I agree. love that. So I kind of like Bill Shatner a little better. Dan Aykroyd is a host, but Dan Aykroyd is badass, and I'm so happy he's on this show, too. Carol, our story begins in Nichols, New York. A woman named Marnie Strait and a man named Bill Gamble, um, they are the current owners of the famous Fainting Go Island Inn. It is an inn that quite frequently sits near the top of the list for most haunted hotels in America. Ooh, that's a... It's, yeah. That's a... It's a doozy. Because there's a lot
0: of haunted hotels. There's a lot
1: of haunted hotels. It was built in the late 1800s, and it was originally a railroad hotel. So essentially, the railroad stopped and people would spend the night there. Um, When Marnie Strait purchased the property, it included several fainting goats, which she adored, hence the name Fainting Goat Island Inn. So these goats, as you know... Their defense mechanism, if they get scared, is to faint. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Have you never seen videos of fainting goats? You know,
0: we had goats in our neighborhood. Yeah. You know, where they had like little goats yeah. that you could play with. Yeah. I never saw any of them faint.
1: This is a particular breed of goat that does this. Okay. So it's not all goats, but it's um, these goats faint if if, <laughs> if they if they. Get too suddenly spooked or something, then they just sort of freeze, and then they, they fall play over. They dead. They fall over. That's smart. And in fact, it's really cute in the photos of this house. Like, she's got it all decorated, and she's got pillows of goats laying on their back with their feet sticking straight up. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> They're like little throw pillows on the bed. So funny. Also living at the inn is a pot belly pig named Porkchop. Which I think is a great name for a pig. That's great. Because pork chops are delicious. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to lie. I probably picked this one because of the fainting goats. Because when I was a kid, no pun intended, um, I had pygmy goats and I was in 4-H. So I took them to the fair and I showed them and they never fainted, though, unless, unless Carol, we won first place. And then we would look at each other and go, no way. And then we'd faint falling over backwards in delight. Oh,
0: my God. And we'd both like,
1: oh, my God. Bah! And then we'd fall over. No, I'm lying. If we won, I would just give the goat some extra alfalfa as a treat. I don't mean to brag, but I won a couple of blue ribbons off wow, of my kids. Wow, Holly,
0: I did mm-hmm. not know that yeah. you were a 4-H lady.
1: Sure was. Amazing. I learned yeah.
0: I learned something about you every yeah, day. That's right.
1: So back to our story. Even okay, yes. though the sell to stay at the property was to see the famous fainting goats and pork chop the potbelly pig, the real draw for the public is to experience the ghosts that haunt the property. When Marnie first moved into this inn, she started working on renovations to the property. Well, as we know, ghosts don't really care for it when you remodel their house. No, they don't. No, they don't. It gets them in the mood to haunt. They like their shit where they like their shit. Marnie didn't really worry about it, though, because she really didn't believe in ghosts. (laughs) So she was (laughs) like, whatever, it's mine now, bitch. So one night, after working on the hotel, she starts to hear footsteps coming from the upstairs, pacing back and forth and back and forth. Uh Now, Marnie is at the house alone. There are no people or animals upstairs, so she cannot figure out what is making those footsteps but then she starts to wonder if the footsteps are actually coming from the attic. Yeah. Oh. And as she is contemplating what to do, the footsteps stop. So she doesn't do anything. I would not have gone up to check the attic myself oh, had no. I been alone in the house. I would have waited for someone else to get there. Yes. And then just real nonchalantly, I would have said, hey, um... If you go up to the attic and there's a dusty old box or a creepy mannequin or something that's up there, I need you to get that for me and bring it back here. <laughs> and then when the person falls for it, I'll wait to see if they come back from said attic. Um, did they see something to miss upstairs? Like, I don't need to freak them out or anything, but I'm certainly not going to go up there. Oh, no, no, Mm-mm. no, no. I'd always send somebody else in my stead. I'd be like, you know what, just, and if you hear any noises, just let me know. You
0: know, that's a good tarot tip.
1: It Never check tip. out
0: noises on your own. No,
1: send someone else always. Mm-hmm. Because you just don't know. (laughs) That's a really good tarot if you're right. Uh, Marnie, however, was much cooler cat than I was. After hearing these footsteps, she just shrugs her shoulders and goes upstairs to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there's no way in hell I'm going to spend the night there after hearing those creepy footsteps. But Marnie is super chill and she doesn't believe in ghosts. That's fine. Whatever. But what if you had an actual live person living in your attic space? Because, you know, that does happen nowadays. You just never know.
0: I would just lock that attic space and be like, have fun up there. Yeah, you're yeah. not coming down. What
1: if they have another way to get in and out? Maybe it's through your closet door. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but whatever. It doesn't deter her. Um, she goes to bed in the Alpine room, which is the largest bedroom in the house and seemingly the target for most of the hauntings. Marty falls sound asleep. But a few hours later, she wakes up because the door to her bedroom slams shut. Okay, well, it's just the wind, you might say. Yeah. But it's not because the door doesn't just slam once. It slams over and over and over and over and over. Opens, closed, opens, slams, opens, slams, opens, wow. slams. Yeah, over and over. So she's like, um, oh shit. That
0: sounds poltergeist mm, Yeah, right. Poltergeist.
1: The ghost activity. The poltergeist has finally got her attention. She starts to think, maybe I have a ghost? <laughs> yeah, you think, Marnie? <laughs> you think? So the door slamming freaked Marnie out so badly that she asked a friend to come stay with her for a few days and help her work on the inn. Said friend agreed, most likely not clued into the entire story, and came to stay with Marnie. So Marnie's friend, we'll call him, quote unquote, the sucker, And Marnie were both staying at the inn. when one night as Marnie was drifting off to sleep, she felt heavy pressure on her back and a voice say, Get out! Oh my god, it's Amityville all over again. (laughs) Get
0: out!
1: (laughs) Marnie freaks out and runs to her friend. When the friend checks the room, there is nothing there. But Marnie was like, oh hell yes there is. Marnie is totally freaked out but doesn't know what to do. You see, Marnie was kind of stuck. She put everything she had into buying and renovating the Fainting Goat Island Inn, so she could not just walk away. She had planned to open it like a business, and that's what she was going to do. So when Marnie bought the house, it had old turn-of-the-century furniture in it already, which Marnie loved, so she decorated the place like an old Victorian turn-of-the-century type inn.
0: Ooh, beautiful.
1: However, Marnie... Marnie also has a very dark, dark decorating addiction to dolls. No. Yes. Marnie loves creepy old Victorian-looking dolls and for some reason thought it was a great idea to spread these dolls all over the house. It's like she is begging for demonic activity. Her dolls quite literally litter the place with evil. Not to mention she has a life-sized mannequin of what looks to be Uncle Fester from the <laughs> Adams family that sits in, the, sits in the lobby of the house. And on top of that, Marnie has decorated the walls with paintings and photographs of old turn of the century people and old Victorian wallpaper and colors. It's like she Googled the haunted mansion decorating ideas and just copied what they did. <laughs> so Marnie. Is, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so Marnie is totally setting the mood for a haunted hotel experience. Am I right? You're right. Yeah, she is. Yeah, you're, you're basically catering to the ghosts. You really are. So it stands to reason that perhaps Marnie is making up her haunted stories to drum up business. She knows that haunted hotels are hot and can help bring in customers. So is it just a scam, like her stories? Well, perhaps not. As one of her customers... Oh, I thought you were going
0: to ask me that oh, question. Oh.
1: So do you think it's just a scam, Carol? Perhaps not, (laughs) Polly. You cheater. (laughs) As one of her customers can attest, what happened to him in the Fainting Goat Island Inn was terrifying. A guy named Ron Evans, who was a retired corrections officer, came to stay at the Fainting Goat Island Inn for the night with his wife. Marnie escorted them to the Alpine Room, of course. She does warn them about the paranormal activities that are associated with this room and the stories her guests have told her. Ron immediately notices there is a creepy, dark-haired doll sitting in the room. As he and Marnie finish talking and she leaves the room, he glances back at the doll. The doll has her arm raised in the air. And he says to his wife, Hey, did you notice that that doll has her hand up? His wife kind of shrugs it off. Ron is really good at details and he was pretty damn sure that that doll was not posed that way when they entered the room. Ron, you're so right. Yeah, I know, right? You're so right. However, maybe this was just the doll's way of saying welcome, dumb shit. (laughs) 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 Later that night, Ron and his wife go to sleep. His wife has a sleep apnea machine and according to Ron, when his wife has that on, she sleeps very deeply. It's hard to wake her up. So as they drift off to sleep, Ron starts having a dream that somebody is banging his feet and ankles together very violently. Ew. When he wakes up, he realizes it's not a dream. Something oh. was holding his feet and clinging them together. He could not stop his legs from moving. He had no control. He tried to yell, but to no avail. Oh. He just lays there and struggles until finally he is able to kick loose of the entity and jump out of the bed. So scary. Right? right? He immediately starts looking all over the room for a person or thing or explanation for what had just happened to him. But he found nothing, of course. Ron didn't tell Marnie about his experience the next day. But after they checked out, a new guest shows up at the inn. He tells Marnie that he is a medium. And before going upstairs to the Alpine room, which is the room he had reserved, he tells her that the doll with the dark hair has got to go. (laughs) Marnie was shocked. How did he know there was a doll in the alpine room with dark hair? He was right, of course, but he probably saw all of the creepy dolls in her inn and was thinking, all these fucking dolls need to go. My God, this woman. Upon entering the room, he uses his spidey senses to pick up on the entities inhabiting the room. He tells Marnie that the room was being haunted by servants that used to live there and a little boy that lives under the bed. He said that the boy needs toys to play with and likes to play with her doll, so Marnie goes ahead and collects all the toys from around the house and puts them in that room, so the ghost boy would have something to play with. Since then, um, the ghost boy has stopped disturbing her guests, so that's nice.
0: But uh, but that's a lot of toys in the room. I I
1: I, I don't know. I, m- some of this may be made up for TV. That's <laughs> I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Now people who come to visit the Fainting Goat Island Inn will typically take the creepy dolls out of their bedrooms and put them in the hallway. Yeah,
0: that's what I would do.
1: Which Marnie gets a laugh at. Well, Marnie laughs on you. It's freaking creepy. Many people who have visited the property have said that they have heard children laughing, seen ghostly women enjoying tea, chairs moving on their own, seen someone watching them in mirrors, have sheets pulled off at them at night all of the hallmarks of a good haunted hotel. Marnie said that the Alpine room was uniquely creepy as when they were renovating it, a knife fell out of the ceiling and they found clothing in the floorboards of the room. Which Ew. is weird. I don't know what went down on that freaking hotel. And then Marnie said she found video footage, so they have cameras up all over the place, and she had some video footage of her walking around the hotel at night and there was like this... Glowing entity that was right around her. It was mm-hmm. kind of weird. She could not explain. On TripAdvisor, um, there's a couple of people who wrote about their experiences at the inn. Tiffany H. wrote a first day in May of 2021 that when they woke up in the morning, the chair in the room had been moved over to the foot of their bed as if someone had been sitting in it watching them sleep all night.
0: No, <laughs> I would not be staying there. No way.
1: She said they had not touched that chair. Absolutely not. Creepy as fuck. Another couple staying at the end saw a large white orb floating around their room. Mm. As they watched it, it disappeared, and then suddenly the vinyl record player started playing. Oh, God. So that's kind of fun. Donna W. from TripAdvisor wrote in September of 2021, We stayed at Fainting Goat Island twice and are soon going to go again. The first time I got many orbs on my photos that we not visible to the naked eye that were not visible to the naked eye. She didn't write that but that's what I put down. The place was spotless so I know it was not dust. On the second day something kept rapping on the door, the walls and the headboard. When it sat on the bed, I was a bit unnerved. <laughs>
0: <sighs> yeah, you always hear about those stories where you they see like the bed having an indentation. A little indent where somebody is sitting or As sat yeah. That is, oh no hell no well, hell not no. staying there
1: perhaps Can... these fainting goats faint whenever they see a ghost i don't know maybe, maybe. perhaps The hotel does offer ghost tours during the year. They've had many paranormal investigators come to the property to see what they can find as well. But Marnie is not giving up on using this unique attraction to her benefit. And in fact, in one of their videos, they quite cleverly use the tagline, Come for the goats, stay for the ghosts. (laughs) I love that. And that's my story of the fainting goat island inn. In Nichols, New York. badass. Yes. That was so good. It was badass for sure. I know. It was really fun, huh? It was. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Have a good night. Bye. When I caught up with... Uh... <clears throat> You're going to have to do all the voices from now on. Oh, my God. That, what just happened to that your hurt voice? hurt my voice that hurt my voice Oh, you have no voice now (laughs) you'll have to finish my story
0: finish me story
1: ah that really did I did something maybe all those chips we ate came up
0: as the flames die down do remain undaunted though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted
1: guys be sure to follow us on instagram our handle is at fireside phantoms if you have a spooky story you would like to share with us send it to fireside at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode